Extraordinary stories from across Scottish football communities. This is the SPFL Trust Football Powered Podcast. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the SPFL Trust Football Powered Podcast. Today we are live from the SPFL Trust Annual Conference 2023 and I'm joined by Dan Armstrong from Queen of the South, Gary Robinson from Blackburn Rovers Community Trust, Donna Marie Henry from the Celtic Foundation and Craig Wilson from Big Hearts. We'll, we'll start with you this time Dan, if you just want to, to tell me a bit about the work that Queen of the South do in the community. Yeah, so I came into the football club about 10 years ago as a player. I might have failed player. was rubbish at that. They've not realised I'm rubbish at this yet, so I'm sticking on in there. Um, the work we do is massive, really, from what it was. Um, not comparable to the clubs that are sat around the table. However, from what we started with to what we've got now is massive, focusing on key areas such as education, poverty, um, as our main two focuses with mental health, obviously, and physical health and wellbeing coming off the back of naturally what we do. Um, poverty being our main stride recently with obviously the cost of living crisis we've set up a food hub which is essentially a take on a food bank we weren't pleased with the amount of food banks in the region was vast but the lived experience research that we did we found that it was demeaning really to just say there you go there's a box of food that's that's what you're getting this week to eat and I dread to think that I'd give someone my hard-earned money and say go and do my family shop, not knowing what, what I enjoyed to eat. So we decided to make a little pop-up shop that support a cabin that's been decked out as a, as a shop for conversation and people come in, select their items, no questions asked, Queen of the South bag and walk out. Um, and that's open now five days a week and done over 12,000 items of food in the last eight months. So it's been massive for us that. We obviously do breakfast club um, at our local primary school for kids to get breakfast. We do a multitude of different programmes. Um, we've dabbled in the employability stuff with the Innovation Fund from the SPFL Trust last year, which has now led us on to our employability strand going forward. And I'm sure you, you can all relate to, to what Dan said with various other programmes that, that you've been running. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think that's really important. I think that's something that we would always hold on to, is that you can be coming to Tyne Castle because you're going to a conference, you're coming to buy a strip, you're going to buy a ticket for a match. Equally, you could be coming to Big Hearts, but you should feel... One of any of those groups, and it shouldn't feel like a like a huge thing. So, I, yeah, I think that's great. And actually, the idea around the, the you know almost food bank in a more a more respectable way is, is brilliant. I think that's that's the kind of thing I love hearing those stories of you know, unique ways of bringing stuff together. Yeah, as Craig said, the cost of living crisis has definitely it's made us rethink a lot of what we do. We're seeing a, a lot of people coming through the door now who are not on benefits; they're in work. Um, there's in-work poverty out there and there's a lot of people that um, are struggling to pay the bills and have anything left over. So, you know, we hear a lot of chat about heating and eating, um, but, but it's a reality for so many people. Um, at Paradise Pit Stop that we run twice a week and it's going to become four times a week because of demand. There's a high number of young families coming through the door there and... Um, and it's given us a good opportunity, obviously, to get food on the table and, and get them a, a good meal, but also to chat with them and see what other services are out there and, and what else we can help them with. Yeah, we heard from you about Paradise Pit Stop earlier on, but just for the listeners' sake, can you tell us about that programme? Sure. Um, it's been going now since the start of the year. We've had about 
5,000 people through the doors and we basically we open up the doors of Celtic Park twice a week in the evenings at the moment, a Monday and a Thursday and we've tried to create a really welcoming, non-judgmental environment. Um, we deliver it in one of our North Stand lounges which on a match day would be corporate hospitality. So really important to us that, that people get the same experience or relevant of the reason why they're coming along to the stadium. So people are welcomed in. There's always nice nice food there prepared by the chef. Fortunately, it's not my cooking or I don't think anybody would come back. Um, and we also have little pop-up shops, um, which I think you know, we've just touched on, trying to give people the chance to look and see for themselves what they need, so essentials that, that they can take away with them. Um, and it varies week to week. It could be, you know, baby food one week. It could be uh, pet food the next week. It could be toiletries and essentials or clothing. So um, really anything that, that can just help. Obviously, we heard, we heard from you earlier on and, you know, you run a lot of the same kind of programmes as, as ATCs do up here. Um, they run a little bit differently, but ultimately it's the same goal, isn't it? Yeah, um, like I say, we're, we, we, things are slightly different, but uh, our objectives are the same, is to improve people's lives for the better and create a legacy uh, for, from the work that we do. And obviously the benefits to football clubs are that the, the, the football clubs brands associated with that amazing work. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it is what it is at the moment. Um, you know, we're trying to develop our governance so we can attract better funding as well. And I know that's what's trying to happen here north of the border as well. And um yeah, it's been really interesting. Really enjoyed the conference so far. Talking to colleagues, you're doing some amazing things up here that, you know, I'm already thinking of seeing if I can ask my staff to come and visit some of the amazing things that are happening up here. Went to sit first time to see how we can maybe replicate it, but put a bit of our own twist on it a little bit. Uh, yeah, but some brilliant work doing up here. And I'm assuming for, for you three as well, it's you'll have taken some things away from, from what Gary said. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think I think to days like today and, and other other events um, that bring us all together, who are you know we're all using football as the tool in some way, shape, or form. Um, I think we can learn loads from each other. I think it was it was said by Tony at the start of the conference around um, you know the difference we can make together. Yes, on the pitch, there's always going to be rivalries, but actually, what can we do together in terms of influencing governments? You just mentioned Gary. That's really important. Like that. That's when we can do that actually collectively. And t- I feel like today helps highlight some of that about the amazing work that does go on, you know, and it, and it spans across, I think, um, it's a good example, you know, we're sitting here in, in Celtic who are known for doing some brilliant work, um, for the brilliant example of Blackburn today, um, but actually some of the smaller clubs and some of the other initiatives all across Scotland do amazing stuff, and some of it can be, you know, it's very much about need first before it's about funding, and I think that, in a, in a sense, is also absolutely brilliant. Um, and it's kind of inspiring to hear some of those stories that you get from days like today, where you just get that wee snippet from somebody that, that ultimately we can all take away and learn from, and maybe go and create something on our doorstep that's going to really benefit um, the people that we that we set out to help. Yeah, Dan. Obviously, I, I've been to to Queen of the South and seen firsthand some of the programs you run. Just how yep. much of a community club? Our Queen of the South and how much did he mean to the people of, of Dumfries? I think for me personally, football has given me so much in my life as a as a little boy growing up in Lancashire, all you wanted to, to do and obviously, sorry here, I'm a Burnley fan, uh, obviously <laughs> the Blackman's aren't next to me, but it's always, it's the first thing you look forward to at your birthdays, Christmas is was being fortunate enough, my parents were always fortunate enough to, to allow me to have a, a Burnley top or a football top, I go and play in there, 
the local football league. Um, and to know that as you grow up and like I'd look at my friends at school and you'd look at them and you wouldn't think, oh, my mate's in poverty. It's not something you do as a young person. And when you're in poverty as a young person, you don't know you're in poverty. That's just your life. So we're trying to engage with these people that don't know they're in poverty and these kids don't know they're in poverty. So you wanting to just give them opportunities, the same as every other child, for example, like everyone here will do summer camps and we do holiday hunger camps, but it's so discreet. And, and we've all spoke about making it discreet so that people feel a part of of that wider thing so they don't actually know that they're living in poverty. That's just their day-to-day life. And when we say that people go through a day-to-day struggle, those kids don't see that as a struggle. They just see that as, oh, that's, that's normal. Um, and it hit home for me. And it's when I first started doing the community role. It's when I, we decided to go, actually, we're going to give this a right go. We're at Breakfast Club. Um, obviously not name any of the names, but there was a little girl that came in on the Monday morning. And I remember it so vividly because it, it was the, the point I vouched that we'd never stopped doing this Breakfast Club. And the girl had been coming for the year, the first year, and she'd said, um, she came and had two slices of toast, brilliant, my toast, brilliant. Um, I thought, oh, she just wants more toast because my toast unbelievable. Nice bit of lure pack on that, it was unreal, right? So then she came <laughs> back for two more, and the girl was eight-year-old, um, and then came back again for two more, and that was six slices of toast. The girl's tiny, and I just said, why are you hungry this morning? What, what did you last eat? What did you have for your tea yesterday? Oh, oh, I didn't have anything yesterday. I had a glass of water. And then... And what did you have on Saturday? I had a glass of water. And it just broke my heart. So you're talking about somebody that doesn't know they're in poverty. Just That's the normal, just having a glass of water. And then the last time she ate was the, the free school meal on, on the Friday. And that's when I looked and thought, actually, there's people on our doorstep at, in Dumfries, up and down the country where every, everybody works, that are impacted by this. And we've got to make a difference. And I think COVID highlighted that football clubs are there the cathedrals of the, the communities at the moment. We saw loads of great stuff going on and COVID. And I think the the media attention around football clubs during COVID and the impact that football clubs had on the communities in COVID demonstrated that. And ever since that moment, I've lived by Queen of the South, Dumfries and Dumfries is Queen of the South. One doesn't work without the other, so we need to impact that community. Yeah, I think that that story there really, really does show the power of football. And uh, Donnerbury Celtic are doing um, some other things to and coming up to... Christmas as well, the this um the sleepouts that are happening in, in Glasgow and London. Yeah, absolutely. So we do our Christmas appeal each year, um and there's obviously we, we try to raise funds as part of that. You've mentioned the sleepouts. Um we have events like Girls for Good as well. So yeah, you know, we're very grateful to the people that support us because we know that a lot of what we do could, could not be done without them. Um, we're very lucky that we get support from some of our contracts on Scottish Government and other trusts, the lottery, etc. Um, but a, a huge amount of the income that comes into the foundation is generated through these type of events. Um, and the Christmas Appeal is a perfect example of that. And again... The funds that are raised, it's going to it's helping local families. We're linking with local schools because they tend to be best placed to tell us what families are most in need. Um, and again, discreetly, um, we go and we try and help those families out at a, at a time of year where, for most of us, we're, we're looking forward to it. It's a celebration, um, and for a lot of our families, it's not. It's just additional stress and worry. And we touched earlier on, I think we all know the 
impact on people's mental health um, with everything that's going on and that time of year for our families is just another occasion um, to, to, to add to that, to add pressure so we're trying in some small way to see how we can um, alleviate some of that for them um, we, do our, we do our winter warmer packs so um, going out again trying to get about 500 packs out into the community with things like electric throws um, because it's cheaper to plug in an electric throw than it is to put on um, using your power or using your heating um, and then just lots of essentials in the bag as well that people can keep warm with and so obviously we're here today and you're hearing all, all these stories from, from various different ATCs I'll ask each of you just, just how valuable do, do you find days like today and, and going forward and, and taking people's ideas and different opinions yeah, I think I think it's huge. I think I'd said that already. I think learning from each other is really key. I think I think one of the things that I would continue to take away, and, and Dan's story is a brilliant one. And, and one of the things you'd mentioned a couple of times there was um, people not necessarily knowing they're in poverty, or young people not knowing they're in poverty. Um, I think that's what we all do really well with any of the things that we support with is that people don't necessarily, you know. The, the changing room project, the other mental health projects that are delivered across the country, some of those people that are coming to those don't even recognise mental health as a term in the way that, that you would, you know, take for granted, so to speak. But that's what football club charities bring, and, and we'd, we've touched on that a wee bit earlier. So I think there's huge um, amounts to be taken from what we can do as a collective, but actually the strength of the collective in terms of what we bring that's different and what we bring in terms of reaching those people. So... I would always take loads away from even actually sitting here listening to the guys talk about some of the things that they do triggers things in your head right away. Um, so, yeah, brilliant. Um, and really looking forward to more of the same as, as the day goes on. Yeah, I, I, it's my favourite times of the year, if I'm being honest. I really look forward to national conferences. Um, you get to share the stories with people and know what you're going through yourselves. You know, there's good sides to our, our jobs. There's also downsides to our jobs because you're seeing some of the most harrowing things in society. Um, as a part of our work and so I look forward to coming to conferences looking at best practice sharing experiences creating opportunities through networking um, yeah there's some of my favorite times of the year and, and today has been really really beneficial for me even though I, I was a guest to, to come and speak about governance um, you know hearing what's going on um, in Scotland and the passion that um, you know that we call them CCOs in England and the staff and clubs have for helping those less fortunate is just unbelievable I've really enjoyed it it's a day of learning for me um, I'm, I'll go around and ask anybody a question if I think they can help so I'll be picking the brains of everyone sat around this table as soon as this is finished so no invaluable for us yeah I think the the guys have said everything really just echoing what they said it's a great opportunity to come together there's so much you know going on that's really positive in times that are really challenging and as you say can it can be it can it can be quite depressing when you look at the outlook but I think we are good at trying to flip that a bit and and make things positive and do the best that we can to have an impact and just sort of looking around the room today and I, w I was going to say I'm, I'm really proud of what you know, we're doing in Scottish football, um, but my colleagues here for England as well, so I better say across the UK. <laughs> um, so a great chance just to hear about what everybody's doing and, and lots of special things going on. Yeah, yeah, lots of really, really great work going on. So thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast and sharing some of your stories. Thank you. Thank you.